this is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com on the interwebs, and I'm an energy worker and evolutionary astrologer, and also a channel. And uh, I combine those things to do healing work of all kinds and uh, different kinds of teaching. And, and at my site, you'll find programmed crystals to help upgrade your consciousness and heal things and release and shift and balance. Also, um, astrology classes. Uh, over 15 channeled or astrology or mythology books and sessions and all kinds of things. I've been very industrious <laughs> over the last few years uh, doing what I can to develop tools to support you in, um, you know, clearing blocks and figuring out what you're really doing here and blah, blah, blah. This uh, thing I want to do uh, today is uh, something I've been meaning. I think about this all the time and I and I'm always kind of intending to teach more about it. I mean, I talk about it a lot, but I think it comes in as um, almost like asides or footnotes in, in when I do when I do different things. Uh, I got this email from a client and student, and I read it when it came in like weeks ago, but I just, lots of times I'm late on emails, or, or I don't respond right away because I'm just, I've got so many different things I'm doing. I have to change gears to like adapt to people's frequencies. And anyway, so I just reread it a second time and, um, and it's, it just sparked this, you know, what you're going to hear. And this is about, uh, living in the 12th house is what this is about. So the story is that this, this gentleman purchased for a friend of his, a, a programmed Onyx crystal from me. I don't know if it was a year and a half ago. It was a long time ago. It was when I was still offering these like these particular little ones, the first set I had. So I know it was kind of a long time ago. And uh, he lives in the UK, and he bought it from me here in the US, and had it had me mail it to, I don't know. I think it was I think it might have been Lebanon, where his friend lives. So it didn't get there, and it was several months. And he was bummed, and I was bummed, but I hadn't sent it with insurance, and so I kind of didn't know how to handle it, just, you know, as a vendor or whatever. But um, but anyway, he just wrote me a few weeks ago saying that after about three months, and he was kind of frustrated with this. Actually, I'm going to read you some of his, some of the email, because I think he, he says it, um, he says it really well. Hold on here. <laughs> Yeah, remember that Black Onyx as a uh, birthday present? Yeah, it's Lebanon. He says, after three months, I had given it up as lost. But then one particular day, I just decided that I wanted the Onyx to arrive. I didn't care what kind of loophole, red tape, bureaucracy, or miracle it would take to arrive. I just wanted it to arrive. I was pretty singular about it, matter of fact, definite. About two weeks later, I received a photo from my friend with... The box that you sent, um, ellipsis. Uh, funny, it's funny that the few times in my life I have focused my energy, will, intention this way, things have worked out against all odds. Yet I fail to do it for other things in life. Perhaps I'm afraid of then discovering that reality really is as malleable as I suspect, etc. Okay, so the point is, this gentleman has his son in his natal twelfth house. That's that's the point of this uh, story. And, and his, his story made me think of certain things in my own life, and I have Venus and Pluto in the 12th house, and also Pallas Athene. Um, and 
experiences I've had, but also, you know, kind of magical experiences like that, but also um, all the experiences I've had and that I'm sure this, this man has had where you can't control something. You want something to happen, but it just won't happen and how that shapes you. So when I, when I read this uh, email the second time, I, got, I just got a little inspired to give you some thoughts on living in the 12th house. Now, this is more, this is more um, appropriate for the 12th house as opposed to a planet in Pisces. There's going to be some overlap, but just take what I'm giving you here as kind of um, you know, a focused tutoring thing on the 12th house and some of these themes and how to work with it. Uh, a planet conjunct Neptune you know, may have some of this uh, energy as well. Uh, and I have my moon and Mercury conjunct Neptune, sextile the Venus-Pluto in the in the 12th. So I kind of have this very Neptunian uh, existence. And um, so I can offer you perspectives on all of that. But, but focusing on this 12th house thing, you know, we may learn uh, traditionally, or in our traditional studies, our, our regular astrology studies, that the 12th house is called the house of institutions or prisons, asylums, the house of self-undoing. Uh, and it's it's a house where we're told uh, we may get stuck or we may lose something or we may um, have to give something up. It's about surrender. You know, and I would say it contains all the parts of life um, which call on us to surrender or give up egoic attachments or something like this. A planet in the 12th house is trying to function beyond the limits of ego. But a planet in the 12th house, as part of your psyche, is related to your ego. So what is a human to do? And that's often where people with planets in the 12th house find themselves. Um, you're supposed to give up something, and sometimes that's an attachment to an outcome. Sometimes it's... Um, um, an attachment to a process or, you know, you might, uh, I'm actually having one right now with Pluto Venus there. Sometimes my stuff is about like money and relationships with Venus there and Pluto's in Libra. They're both in Libra. Uh, and I've had one recently where I just came up against this thing again and again for like, you know, the, the umpteenth time, you know, in a bunch of, in a bunch of years. And I just confronted, I realized I have to let go of this thing. I have to. But then part of me doesn't know how to, and that's really attention in the 12th house. So anyway, so this client has a son in the 12th house. So his identity is wrapped up in the kinds of things I'm going to be talking about. Surrender, letting go. Well, if your son is in the 12th house, how can you really have faith that you can get anything done if you consistently can't get something done? Because you're not, you appears, it will appear as if you're not supposed to have an ego or act on it, but you have to, you're a person. So even if it's not the sun, any planet in the 12th house may, be, may find yourself, you may find yourself with this planet in this predicament. So what is it really about? What does it want? What is it trying to do? How can we succeed? Um, I'm also thinking, um, I'm a... I'm kind of a student of Tarot. I don't know exactly how to say it. I'm not formally a student, but I do kind of a card of the day. I, I do reading several times a month just to kind of see what's going on and check in and do a little divination. And so I'm slowly learning about it through experience. Um, but anyway, 
when I feel great, I get as a card of the day the magician. And the point is using tools, right? And I want to tie that in with this 12th house idea. What what my client wrote me was a little feat of, you know, intentional magic. It was a little magician, right? It was a little magician move is what he did. He decided clearly, definitively, that this would arrive and it was going to happen. He didn't care what it took. It was going to... And then two weeks later, he gets confirmation that it got there after being lost for three months somewhere in the postal system between Tucson, Arizona and Beirut, Lebanon, you know, <laughs> somewhere. So, um, you know, so I want to weave in this idea of the magician card so you can also have the sense of that correlation with this. Using tools, the power of intention, knowing yourself and having certain intentions. So we're going to tie that in together as best I can. Okay, so all other houses, 1 through 12, have to do with life in the material world. Starting with the first house, you know, birth, existence, your body, your personality, um, how you unselfconsciously un carry yourself, right? And then all through two, three, four, all the way to 11, which is about society and groups, social engineering, planning for the future, networks, politics, working with others to create a, a shared future together that is important to all of you. Then, you know, there's a story that, that, that unfolds from the first to the 11th houses. Then you get in the 12th house, and you're supposed to let go of all of it. You know, you're supposed to surrender. And you can think of houses 1 through 11 as a material world, you know, uh, process of developing and uh, relating to and maintaining, healing, stabilizing ego, projecting ego into the future, you know, whatever, putting egoic strength toward uh, uh, completing things and building something, working with others, you know, connecting with people, building bridges, diplomacy, creativity, you know, being of service, all these things that fit in the first 11 houses. And then in the 12th house, you're somehow supposed to now not be attached to things. You've spent the whole other 11 houses creating so, um, you know, you can monitor this with interplanet transits, you know, Sun, uh, uh, Mercury, Venus, Mars. You can monitor it that way because it's not that much time. I mean, Mars, you know, about a two-year orbit. Um, it's a little less, you know, during its retrograde time, it'll spend, or surrounding that time, it'll spend a lot more time in one sector of your chart. But, um, but Mercury and Venus and Sun are great for that. Moon moves so quickly, you might not notice anything, uh, you know, a couple of days in a house or two and a quarter days. Um, but you can notice the momentum that kind of builds as something goes from the first house around the wheel and you're manifesting something. Then in the 12th house, you're supposed to let it go. Now, the, this whole idea of ego, kind of like a short, incomplete, Sagittarian overview of this concept of ego in spiritual circles by Tom Jacobs. Uh, here, here you go. <laughs> it looks, it can look like Ego gets in the way of spirituality, and in the 12th house, we do include spirituality. It can look like ego gets in the way, because ego, when it feeds itself, when it's oriented, a sense of self or personality or ego, is oriented toward uh, getting off on how awesome it is, 
Well, that can lead to this kind of um, hungry, you know, uh, wanting to feed accomplishment to bolster the ego. You know, there's nothing wrong with ego. Um, I do not, I feel very strongly that, I mean, I know for a fact you can't get rid of it. I feel very strongly that you shouldn't try and you shouldn't shame it. And you shouldn't be ashamed or afraid of egoic desires. But if you spend time and energy orienting yourself, uh, orienting yourself toward um, aligning your ego with something outside you that's bigger than you, well, that's really what the 12th house is about. It's not about the decimation of ego, really. It's about experiencing yourself as more than just or merely ego. So through houses 1 through 11, you are working on building something, launching it into the world. Ultimately, in the 11th house, you're creating a future, you're share, you know, your project is out there in the world, is changing, and your philanthropic or humanitarian uh, genius is unfolding in the world, and it's amazing, and you can relax because now you, your your deal has, you know, the dealio you've been creating has momentum, and it's going, and there, okay, you launched it, great, okay, and it's changing the world, and everybody's moving into some egalitarian, you know, utop utopic, you know, utopic future. Then, <laughs> you know, who are you? How do you identify or form and maintain ego after that's done? That's a question to work with here. Who do you think you are? <laughs> are you your body, first house? Are you your skills, second house? And your possessions of money, second house? Are you your mind and how you can communicate, third house, fourth house? Are you your history, your family history and ancestry? Are you your emotions? A fifth house, are you your opinions and your poetry and painting and whatever, humor? Uh, flirtatious self. Um, sixth house, are you the service you offer? Seventh house, are you the relationships you have or want to have or wish you didn't have? Eighth house, you know, are you what you learn about yourself in deep relationship? Are you other people's projections? Are you a counselor and a psychologist? Ninth house, are you your beliefs? Tenth house, are you what you do in the world? Eleventh house, are you what you give to society or are you your goals? The twelfth house answer is always, well, of course you're not. But at different times in your life, you will identify with some or all of these things in turn. So the twelfth house question is this identity question, who are you? If all of those houses 1 through 11 things in 3D or in the material world, if they're not here, if they don't matter here, all the things that you have created and worked hard to generate and put your energy into, well, they don't belong here. So please let them go. Please leave all of your accomplishments at the door. That's the sign at the door to the 12th house. So if you carry your sense of personality, sense of self, you know, ego, as developed in the cycle of houses 1 through 11, if you take that into the 12th house, you will feel lost. The rules are different here. 
in the 12th house. I like to think of houses 1 through 11, this material world, as having to do with the laws of nature, the laws of physics. Uh, you know, I'm looking at some crystals on my desk. They're sitting there you know, because um, gravity is still working. You know, but when you live in the 12th house, you can't rely on the rules of nature or the laws of gravity, you know, rules of physics. You can't rely on those because things happen according to a different logic. And that's really what I want to, that's one of the main things I want to get into for you today. Cause and effect of a normal kind is in play in houses 1 through 11, or all experiences that belong to the scope of houses 1 through 11. You do something, you put out a vibration, but you do an activity, and this happens, somebody calls you back, you fill out the form and mail it back, whatever. You show up at the DMV with your renewal papers. Like, you do things, and pe other people do things. And you gotta mail the thing by the 18th, and you do, so it's fine. You know, like, like there are rules. There's like uh, uh, clear expectations that you can either meet or not meet. And you do it or you don't do it. But there's like this, this structure that you can fit within and it makes sense. And that is you living in 3D in the material world where we all agree what reality is, mostly. <laughs> where most of us are agreeing what reality is. In the 12th house, your intentions, your beliefs, and your unconscious beliefs and wounding and regrets and guilt and shame, those are more powerful than your conscious intentions in the 12th house. Your unconscious stuff, I should say, is just as powerful. But as you may have two goals right now consciously, you know, different parts of you in the unconscious may have many, many more goals. Because in the unconscious, this space is a cache of memories from many lifetimes. So you, in the, in the one houses 1 through 11, you know, you put out an intention and you make an effort and things happen or they don't happen. But in the 12th house, it's totally different. You put out, you broadcast certain intention and what comes back to you often reflects an unconscious belief that keeps you from creating your intention. So the logic is, I just want to impress upon you, the logic is completely different. And this is what is so frustrating and upsetting sometimes about living with a planet in the 12th house. Because you can't carry the logic of houses 1 through 11, the logic of mind, the logic of ego, into the 12th house. So... You intend something wonderful. I use this example all often. I use it again, I, especially because I have Pluto, Venus, in the 12th. It kind of really can bring it home for people understanding that energy. You know, Venus is people and friends and connections and, you know, relationships. Uh, Pluto can be power and truth and lies and deception and, and that kind of stuff. So I use this example all the time. It's not something I've ever really experienced, but I've used it so much. If you've heard it, 10 times for me in various classes and mp3s you probably think it's true but it's not but here's an example i might notice that i have friends who are kind of not really that honest they might not be dastardly you know uh n nasty motived people who are terrible they might not be but they i might just want some more honesty and openness 
and authenticity and integrity. I mean, maybe I just noticed that, right? So I say, uh, dear universe, spirit guides, ancestors, thanks in advance for helping me out. I want honest friends and only people who can handle the truth and share the truth. Thank you. Now, I just said, and I did. I didn't do it from frustration or anger. Like I can't believe Joe lied to me again. You know, when you do anger in the twelfth house, you really need to get to a grounded place where you can work on a higher frequency, because all those beings who are helping you, your helpers, work on a higher frequency. They can hear you, but they can't help you if you're angry and frustrated. And if you have gratitude, you can thank them in advance, right? You can even just say cosmos or universe or whatever if you don't know or understand or want to work with spirit guides. But the idea is that they're always there to help you, and the cosmos wants you to be happy. Like, that's just part of the deal. If you can have faith in that, that's a great 12th house uh, step. But so um, when you assert that positive thing, thanks in advance, I'm headed toward honest friendships. Great. Thank you. Okay. You go on with your life. Things get set in motion through your intention because you as a portion of divine consciousness, a soul living as a human, your intentions, again, your beliefs, your ideas, your assertions have power. So you say, I want honest friends. Now, any bit of anger, regret, frustration, blame, jealousy, for anger, a rage, resentment, hurt, pain, sorrow, grief, in your field that is like a wounding or a debris field because people haven't been honest with you. Anything that's unresolved about honesty and dishonesty, say it that way, your unconscious thing will get triggered, but it's unconscious, you don't know it. So... You're saying one thing, and this other broadcast is happening just as strongly, if not stronger. So you're going to say this great intention and watch what the universe brings you. Well, the universe will most often, almost always, first bring you a reflection in the form of other people or situations or something, feedback or actual people, of the thing that hurts or the thing you're angry about from that past scenario. Now, you are then having the opportunity to forgive that thing, get over it, let it go, accept it as part of your learning journey, the higher truth idea of the 12th house, that there's, some, you know, there's a highest good and everything that comes to you serves your highest good, even if you can't see it in the moment, because the parts of you that function well and run houses, the parts of life in houses 1 through 11 you know, they're attached to certain things, right? And the 12th house, we're supposed to let go. Compassion and forgiveness are major tools for the letting go bit and the releasing. So you are in the position of, you know, you can forgive this thing and let it go. Maybe it's like, uh, okay, I say, um, oh, dear universe, thanks in advance, honest friends, whatever. Um, you know, I might even say I'm complete with people who aren't honest, right? I might even be that specific and I'm going to move on. Well, the next three people I meet are going to have issues with honesty. If not outright deception, there's going to be something that I'm telling the universe I'm complete with. It's the opposite of where I'm headed, but they're coming to me. Now, I have, you know, what I'm going to experience is 
oh, my brain might say in other words, my egoic self, my brain would say, oh, here we go again, more dishonesty. I said I want honesty and I'm getting more of the same garbage I don't want. Well, that's where people get disappointed with life in the 12th house. That's where then you might turn from your intention, uh, the house of self-undoing, or you might perceive you're stuck in prison or you can't make choices or you can't have what you want or need, that kind of sense of deprivation and punishment and sequestering that can happen in the 12th house too, because you, your brain, your, your ego doesn't see that you are being given the best possible opportunity for you in this moment, which is, what does this remind me of? What specific scenario does this person, I've said I want to meet honest people, I'm keep, I keep meeting dishonest people, what do those people remind me of? Because somewhere in my past, I have a judgment, a fear, a pain, an anger, a regret, a sense of being betrayed, or I have guilt about my own behaviors, right? How somebody else treated me or how I treated somebody else. I'm not resolved on that. So let me look at what this reminds me of because this person now, this continuation of the negative pattern that I said I'm done with, is here to give me the chance to see I'm not actually energetically consciousness-wise, I'm not really in truth resolved with dishonesty. So you put out great intention, you know, honest friends, blah, blah, blah. You get the opposite. Don't shut down. Don't give up. Don't assume intentions don't work or the universe hates you or your guides are not helpful. That's the tendency. So because we shut down, because we don't want to remain open to be disappointed because that leads to a loss of faith. And planets in the 12th house are markers of what kinds of scenarios in life, what kinds of parts of life this person may feel very disappointed about or feel the universe or God or goddess or guides or help or devas or animal spirits or totem animal, you know, that, that somebody may have abandoned you and you feel like bereft and abandoned by God or the universe itself. So if you work with this thing, what is this? Okay, I said honest friends, I'm getting liars. Who do they remind me of? What do they make me think of? Why does this hurt? You go on that path of inquiry, you will find out, you'll remember in time. It may not be right away. It may be weeks or months. Sometimes it'll be years later. But allowing that you ask the question with an open heart and open mind, okay, great, this is coming to me, not because I'm being blocked, not because I don't deserve honest friends, but because um, I need to see what I vibrate, what I have been vibrating that has kept honest friends from coming in, or that has kept people with questionable relationships with the truth and honesty has kept them magnetized toward me or kept them in my life? Why do I keep running into these people? And, you know, because there's a vibration, you're getting something out of it. And so that pain or guilt or shame or regret or a sense of disappointment or abandonment or whatever it is, that is the source of it. 
you know, it's not in the natural order of things for you to hold on to that. So as you vibrate it, elements in the manifest world, including other people and situations and groups, will come to you inadvertently revealing to you your unconscious vibrations. This is a major part of the secret to life, healthy, successful life in the 12th house. Whatever's coming to you, look at your relationship with it, your reactions to it. Whatever it is, accept that it's part of your journey and, and you becoming aware of it and you transforming your relationship with the difficult or unhappy or dishonest thing in front of you is in fact the opportunity for growth. Okay, so that's a major portion of it. Kind of new paragraph here, new page. I want to talk about why people lose things with life in the 12th house. Uh, well, loss is part of life, you know. People come and go, people die, cats come and go, they die, dogs too, birds. You know, I'm always like, I always see, um, you know, I get inspired by pictures of small animals and I would love to have a little furry thing to watch and play with and feed and um, observe and adapt my consciousness to like little rodents. <laughs> I would love that. I am acutely aware that they die. <laughs> I mean, you know, even when uh, uh, my partner and I a few years ago um, got two gerbils and I, I was like, how long do they live? Right, because they're so small, of course they don't live long. And I was terrified of dealing with that because my Pluto and Venus in the 12th house have to do with loss and death, including, you know, people and animals, not always knowing how to grieve or let go. Attachments to individuals, right? So anyway, we ended up fine. We got these animals and it just wasn't right. I think we really wanted like cats, but because of allergies, that wasn't going to happen. Um, so we got these hand, we got these gerbils. Anyway, a friend uh, who had two little kids, we, we actually gave them to the other to the other home because we realized it wasn't right for us, but the kids would love it, and that guy was happy. So it all worked out. Um, but right away, one of them died. <laughs> and then for another couple of years, the other one lived and entertained these people. But anyway... Um, yeah, just very acutely aware of, of death and loss and all that. Um, why do we why do we lose things in the twelfth house? And, and related to this is the reality that humans may try to control things. We may think of control as fitting with the sixth house stories in Virgo or eighth house in Scorpio, but but the resistance to surrender in the 12th house equates to controlling behaviors. So you'll meet some people with 12th house planets who go with the flow and are open and chill. And other ones who are stress balls, wound up tight, can't relax, trouble sleeping, the mind never stops. And, and they're just two responses to the apparent reality that you can't control things. One is, okay, then I can't. And the other one is, I do not accept that. 
because so so people with planets in the twelfth house often find themselves in one of those two camps, sometimes going back and forth. It's certainly it's certainly possible. It would be normal to go back and forth. Um, if you always let everything go, like in the former state, the former example, the first one, you you know, maybe that's not healthy, but if you always try to force things and control things, well obviously that's not healthy either. So it's normal to kind of go back and forth and try to figure out what you can control. So zeroing back to my client who sparked this MP3 with the son in the 12th house, his egoic development is in the 12th house. And he's either going to be a control freak, it's just basic stuff without even looking at his chart or knowing him. He's either going to be a control freak or he's going to do what he can to go with the flow and surrender the need to control. But if you think about it, either of those can be very unhappy until you find a right middle ground. Because it looks like there's a lot less stress if you go with the flow, but you also might lose sometimes a healthy sense of self because it seems dissipated. Because what can you do if you can't control things? You can't get, you know, if all these uh, things are up to some, you know, system of logic that you don't have access to because it doesn't belong in the 3D world, but here you are in your body working your job, eating sandwiches, but you can't do, you know, how do you, so, okay, but so it looks like that's better, right, to, to sometimes or to some of our viewpoints, uh, but if you're controlling everything, of course, we said that's not healthy, but that's, you know, you have to, assert, you have to try to assert that you exist, like, you can't give up on the fact that, in, in his case, he has a son in the 12th house, he does have an ego, he does have the right to make decisions. The sun is your inner decision maker. Of course, he has planets all over the rest of the chart, you know, in whatever configuration. But the final decision maker is the sun. The kind of person running the meeting in your head and your psyche is the sun or the person who should be. Well, if he tries to control things, he'll stress himself out and he won't be happy. If he, tr if he gives in and surrenders, he might have less stress, but then feel stressed because he's not doing what he chooses. So I'm not going to like tell you about this guy's life or anything, but just to say that oftentimes with the point in the 12th house, you're up against that choice. As I said earlier, if you align your ego with something bigger than you, a higher truth, a spiritual principle, you know, spiritual practices are based in principles, you know, so that works, right? You know, like with 12th house, Pisces, Neptune stuff, somebody might say, um, oh, yoga is really great for that. Well, well, you know, there are principles that define the approach and the practice and the teaching. So it's like if you align with principles, if you do yoga, you're working with principles, right? But anyway, a higher truth, a higher ideal, a, a, a spiritual or bird's eye view principle of a, that, that is an attempt to tap into a truth of some kind. If you align yourself with that stuff, then you can find the middle ground of not dissipating and losing completely who you are, but also not controlling everything all the time. So I would offer that my client in that moment, he wasn't controlling things. He said, I don't care. Red tape, bureaucratic crap, I don't care. I want this to happen. So he sent the right kind of signal, which was a manifestation command, 
where he wasn't too attached to the details and he wasn't throwing out anger, he made a decision. <laughs> you know, he made a decision. So he essentially, in that moment, was showing mastery of tools and the elements, like the elements from the, this magician card. I think my experience of this is where I want to talk about the magician. My experience of the magician uh, experience is uh, something. Uh, let me see what my little uh, the app on my phone. I think it's based on the Rider Waite Tarot and then these uh, this company. It's called Galaxy Tarot Pro. So anyway, little little. Um, oh my gosh! Wait a minute. Wait, I have to go browse cards. Hold on, browse cards. Uh -huh. Yeah, the magician. It's card number one. Uh, zero is the fool, but in uh, here it says, um, you know, when you get this card in a reading, you have the potential to make things happen. Um, but anyway, start gathering the resources you need to meet your goals. Universe is empowering you to manifest your vision. My experience isn't that. Oh, in the card itself, there is a, an individual with a robe thing and a little infinity sign above his head, and he's standing there. And the 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 tools are there on the table. He's holding this little scepter thing, and they're surrounded by like rows and garlands and whatever, uh, flowers and roses. But um, on the table is a pentacle, a cup, a sword, and a wand. The four elements, right, representing air, earth, fire, water, out of order, not respectively. So they're sitting on the table. My experience with a magician is you know how to use these tools, but you don't force anything. You don't rush anything. The work is in long-term getting to know your tools, being intentional about how you are relating to these tools. So you have a sword, but you don't have to swing it everywhere. Uh, you have a wand. Uh, you don't have to um, uh, use it to like prove you're better than anybody else's wand. Uh, you know what I mean? Like you, you have this cup. You don't have to compare your cup with others' cups. You know, you have the pentacles. You, you, your pentacle. You don't have to worry about how much you have. You just understand the energy behind pentacle, and you're not counting it versus other people's. It's like your relationship with the elements and tools of consciousness, right? Inspiration, emotion, uh, thought and uh, practical action or something like that for the four different uh, suits or, or energies, elements. I, I kind of feel a little self-conscious because I'm out of my element. <laughs> you know, a little pun. I'm kind of out of my element because I'm not an expert on tarot, but I am getting to be an expert on this magician card <laughs> because it comes up all the time um, for various reasons in my in my own life. Uh, working with Je Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron all the time um, leads to this card a lot. So because I'm programming stones, I'm doing energy work on people, I'm channeling, I'm using stones to find different frequencies so that I can do different energy work on individuals or groups. You know, and it's like this whole thing about intentionality and understanding your abilities and the practice of this kind of boy being in the 12th house with this magician card is in knowing your capabilities and trusting them. Then if you have to use this cup, you use it as a natural extension of who you are. By, with the magician being connected to these elements or these tools and having an easy relationship with them as an extension of his own abilities and power and identity, 
then he is identifying with something outside himself. He's connected with the flow of the currents of reality around him. So here we have this manifestation thing in the 12th house. You know what you can do. You know what you can't do. You have a clear intention, and you allow the universe to work with you. You allow your tools to work. So if my client had said, you know, expletive this, expletive that, I want the onyx to get to my friend in Beirut, and this is unfair, and I hate this. And if he had said that, right, he's broadcasting frustration, anger, and powerlessness. If he is angry and frustrated, and if he says, you know, this is the 75th time this has happened to me, you know, if he focuses on that narrative of defeatism or disempowerment because he has felt limited in the 12th house, because part of his ego may feel dissipated or like it doesn't have solid footing, because again, you're either a control freak or you give in or you go back and forth. So, you know, if he does that, then he's working against himself. If he says, okay, universe, I don't care what it takes. This is what's happening. There's a, there's a strength in that. And you're not ordering the universe to do it. You are in line. You are in tune. You are in tune with it. So I would argue that this magician card, I think, I think my client just did something really cool. I'm really happy. I was so happy to, to read that story. Um, because that is what's necessary in the 12th house. You actually, you don't know how, thing, how things are going to work. And again, in the houses 1 through 11, you can set certain things in motion in 3D, and you can expect certain cause and effect things. There may be synchronicities along the way. But in the 12th house, you're putting something out there, and you don't know the details of how it's going to happen. If you accept that, but focus on the goal, then you're on your way. This idea that I mentioned earlier about, you know, you might manifest reflections or instances of what you're holding on to that keeps you from having it, the thing that you're intending and you say you're headed for with that great intention, hey, thanks, I'm going to have honest friends. Or, or all my friends are honest, or whatever, honest relationships. Um, I'm sure my client was frustrated for those three months. And then one day he decided that wasn't the tool he was going to use. That's the key. Your personality, if something isn't working or happening, your personality, your ego will have a problem. That is normal and natural. Because we're talking about not life in material world reality, but life in multidimensional reality. 12th house is that place beyond houses 1 through 12, or 1 through 11. <laughs> Sorry, it can't be beyond itself. Well, I guess it could be, because anything goes in the 12th house. Um, it looks like that. So he wasn't frustrated by powerlessness. He didn't feel helpless. He just made his decision, and he wasn't angry. He just said, I don't care how it's going to happen, but this is what's happening. That's an act of power. So the process with the 12th house, often with a 12th house planet for a person is in cycling through those feelings of powerlessness into acceptance. Cycling through frustration. The sense that whatever I do, this won't happen. That's some people's experience. Or no matter how I do it, there's a block or this won't work or something like that. 
you know, I, I'm trying not to get too much too personal here, but like I do have some of those things with Pluto Venus in the twelfth. Uh, with Pluto in the twelfth, it could be a little hidden sometimes, but it's um, conjunct Venus, a personal planet, and that Venus is tightly on my ascendant, so it's very real in a day-to-day, -day, you know, regarding all money, regarding all relationships, uh, regarding every time I ascendant, every time I step out and show who I am. Potentially, there's some of this stuff about control or surrender. So I just, I just, uh, I hope this has been helpful. I, I, I just, I love this story uh, because it is um, what anybody with a twelfth house can experience. You know, okay, I have, I have some other examples. And, and, and it's not that you one day make a conscious decision to stop fighting yourself. It's that what, at a certain moment you find yourself in a groove and you know you're going to make something happen. I had this experience in L.A. when I was late for something and I had to cross the city. And I still don't understand how it happened, but I promise you it happened. It was something like I, I had uh, 20 minutes to get somewhere that normally takes 40 or maybe 25 and 45 minutes. And I just decided that it was going to happen. I didn't run lights. I didn't speed. I just got myself in a groove with the universe and found a way through that got me there faster than expected. And I got there and I told one of my friends and he said, you just bent time. And I kind of probably giggled. I, I smiled and I'm probably giggled because I totally, I don't know what happened. I made it happen. Like this, you could never do this during the day. You know, it wasn't 2 a.m. where I had empty streets and green lights the whole time. So there is that example that sticks out of my mind of like making something happen without forcing it without bringing fear and frustration and doubt into it. That's because of the nature of the 12th house, things in the universe can seem overwhelming and overpowering to you, to that planet in the 12th house. And so you may be conditioned over time to resist inviting more powerlessness. That is where the control comes from. So again, I wasn't angry or frustrated. I wasn't really in touch with nervousness that I wasn't going to get there. I just said, okay, there's a way. And I made it happen somehow. You know, and it wasn't divine intervention. It was me being in a groove, in alignment, and not stopping myself because of old frustrations or self-judgment or doubt. So that is how life in the 12th house works. So, so you have those two examples of a couple of things, you know, manifesting, right? me and my you know my time travel trip and my client and his getting the the gift he was the onyx gift he was giving his friend halfway across the world but a lot if we don't a lot of it is sponsored by you know this message is sponsored by if you don't hold yourself back by your attachments to past outcomes that have been painful then you find yourself giving the universe the benefit of the doubt and you're you're more inclined to be open, you're primed to be open to use the tools at your disposal that can help you not get stuck in the 3D logic and frustration. Uh, in my own personal experience, I have found myself frustrated and being very controlling at times. 
And um, I also have moments of clarity, uh, like I feel like I have right now, uh, regarding this. Um, uh, one of the hardest things for me, and I do want to go back to this idea of loss and giving something up. If you are supposed to identify as more than your ego, then you are being invited to let go of some of your egoic attachments. It, it's just logic. It, it follows. So if you have a planet in the 12th house, or you're living in the 12th house, part of that story is seeing yourself as a part or as one part, as part of, I don't want to say a part and have you hear it as one word, um, to feel yourself part of what's happening in the fabric of the universe, to feel connected and, and, and an integral element of the consciousness, you know, ecosystem on this planet. That's one of the things that a 12th house planet wants to do is merge and connect. Sometimes we can feel that through um, our awareness of what's happening in the collective. Like with Pluto Venus stuff, I'm, I'm uh, in Libra. I'm very attuned to, to stories that are about unfairness and um, people hurting each other in relationship and cheating on each other and abusing, you know, I'm very attuned to these negative stories. Um, I pick that stuff up in the collective uh, in various ways and I see trends. And um, anyway, that stuff gets stirred in me um, because those parts of me, Pluto Venus, are trying to merge with the great all that is. Trying to open up to connect with all of creation or all of humanity or all of Arizona, whatever it is. So I have an ego, but those parts of me are trying to merge and essentially, in a way, trying to become egoless. So part of me doesn't know other parts of me are not in the business of enjoying letting go of egoic attachments. So of course, some parts of me will try to control things. Now the the you know of course right the upside of this or the plus side, and I mentioned this recently to some students is is everything that I do in work, well most things, classes I develop, MP3s I do, videos I do, books I write, most of it is inspired by stuff I sense as trends in the collective. I see enough instances of something, and I want to, so to speak, from my perspective, offer an opinion or set the record straight. Like, I'd like to give an explanation for it that might help people in a broad sense, and people from all over, because these are being disseminated, you know, over the internet and whatever, but, but to help answer a question or point something out, like channeling Ascender Master Jehudi on the sources of Alzheimer's and autism, or, you know... The, all the channel books definitely fit within this category. The Lilith book, um, the Chiron book, and the Chiron teaching, and the new Chiron natal report, all of this uh, is related to my relationship with what I see in the collective that hurts a lot of people or confuses or depresses a lot of people. Yeah, channeling on suicide, like all these kinds of things. So the plus side is that part of me can merge with what's happening around me and ultimately be of service in some way. That's a 12th house goal. You want to merge, you want to open your heart so you can help what you find in the collective. 
but then part of me will try to control. So we have this kind of, you know, inner outer thing, or or um, controlling surrendering thing, where I'm not. It's not foreign to me. It's just that not all parts of my psyche, the planets and houses one through eleven, are oriented towards surrender and giving things up. So if we live in the twelfth house, we, it's very important to be willing to surrender attachments. Um, this is not easy, and it means that you're in, you're inviting, you know, you're inviting lessons to learn to go with the flow, to learn to identify as more than your egoic attachments. That's a nice way to say it, you know, that, that you're seeking to identify or develop an identity that is more than merely egoic attachments, desires, quibbles, um, uh, petty competition fears of rejection that, that, that belong to the ego, whatever. You're more than that. And that's what life in the 12th house is meant to teach you. But of course, you're going to bring your personality to the 12th house. And uh, you're going to find out you can't control things. And then you have the option of, you know, deciding how you're going to respond to that reality. So people who live in the 12th house are invited to give something up. And here's the, the truth of this. If you don't, if you refuse to give something up, you will you will find it's happening inevitably, no matter what you do. Because you can't you can't walk into the twelfth house and change the rules. You can't change the um, conditions or the parameters of the logic of consciousness, vibration, and soul. What serves your highest good? You can't change that. You can't, you know, walk onto you can't walk into the middle of a baseball game and use the rules of soccer. So you walk into the playing field of the twelfth house and you are challenged to adapt. And if you don't give up, you know, your need to be right, if you don't surrender certain egoic attachments and judgments and, you know, I mean Ultimately, all judgments boil down to pettiness in a certain way because we're trying to resist our feeling in the face of something and we're not processing whatever we need to, to really advance through and work through. But getting rid of judgments and petty thoughts and grudges and whatever. If you don't get rid of something, it will seem taken away from you or it will seem to dismantle itself or dissolve or crumble or explode. That's one of the secrets of the 12th house. All the stuff I said before about control and surrender and the different logic, the different rules. But then, given all of that, if you don't give something up, it will be taken away from you. And if, and, and, and your egoic self will have to grieve. And that would be normal. After that, if you hold a grudge or decide that the fact that this thing went away or lost or died, uh, crumbled, exploded, uh, dissipated, evaporated, poof into smoke, you know, in front of you. If it, if you become bitter, and if you feel personally injured, then you are defending, in essence, your right to maintain an attachment 
to something that is on the level of ego. And again, I don't say ego is a bad word, but we have times in our lives, especially with a point in the 12th house, this will be true to some degree of when you have a transit through the 12th house, not like Mercury and Moon, but like other transits, you'll be seeing what you hold on to that you need to let go of. Um, but this is normal human life, is that things change, and gerbils die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, gerbils come into your life, and yes, gerbils die. Things change. You know, what serves your highest good in the 12th house is getting in touch with the higher capital T truth of what's really happening on this plane. It is in you adapting to embracing a more multidimensional perspective of who you are. And if your ego is fixated on getting itself stroked, then you are you are not multidimensional. You are not embracing multidimensionality. So that's this lesson of the 12th house. You need to give up some of your egoic attachments. So that, that's my story. <laughs> that's my story. Uh, yeah, just from an email, right? Three little paragraphs from a client. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the story. It's, it's If you have a plan in the 12th house, this kind of stuff can dog you until you accept that whatever is happening is serving your highest good. Because it's actually reflecting to you that unconscious vibration. Uh, I'll, oh, no, I'm not going to tell you that story. It's kind of still too raw and personal. It's too soon to share. Okay, I'll edit that. I'll, I'll keep my mouth shut and thereby uh, edit it. Um, so, okay, good. So thank you uh, for your time and energy. And, um, yeah, go to tdjacobs.com and check out uh, all of the offerings, including channeled audio. If you want to know what I do in my 12th house, uh, one of the things is, I channel Ascended Master Jehudi, also known as uh, Thoth, St. Germain, Merlin, and Hermes, and also Archangel Metatron, to do energy work on people, lead you through guided meditations and do energy work as you listen. You tune into the vibration in my voice and, and you, you make the decisions, the empowering affirmations, and your life will change. So there's a whole bevy of those MP3s on my site of all kinds. Uh, as well as all the other things I mentioned earlier, energetically programmed crystals and books and readings and classes. So uh, thanks again, and uh, take care of yourself and be well. <laughs>